Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Hello. You're listening to BFN. This is the podcast about infertility, IVF, and the trials of trying for a baby. I'm Gabby. And I'm Emma. And we're both card carrying members of the Infertility Club. Did. It feels weird because we're actually, it's actually not New Year yet. Mom yeah, we're recording pre New Year's Eve, but that's just, it's the magic of podcasting. We're just going to pretend that's not the case. Yeah, absolutely. Um, <laughs> <laughs> what's your New Year's resolution, Gabs? Oh, shit. Uh, I'm actually, and this is obviously such a cliche, I am actually going to start running again because okay. I'm just out of it and I need, I need to start running again. I've just given up on fitness and I'm going to get into <laughs> some new jeans. So, yeah. Great, great vibes. I'm yeah. going to sort out my pension. Oh, mm. interesting. And my life insurance and oh, my oh will. Oh, God. Jesus. This yeah. is getting more and more dull by the second. <laughs> <laughs> Interestingly, I have already sorted out my pension and there's something called Pension B to oh, yeah, but bring don't all you have of to pay my them pensions a, together. Don't you have to pay them a fee? Oh, fuck, probably. Yeah, that's why I'm not doing that. Bullsacks. Mm. Well, you let me know what you do and maybe I'll follow <laughs> I think it's going to be me being on hold to the comp- pension company for three hours and then just fucking it off and downloading Pension B. Yeah. This is podcast is not sponsored by Pension no, it's not and it probably won't be. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, well, look, let's skip to the end. What are we talking about today? Oh, well, we are um, interviewing a, a very good friend of mine. Um, a very good friend, huh? A very good friend of mine. Oh, I should say a new friend. But I feel right. like we've made a lot of ground in a short space of time. A and, very good new um, friend. Yeah, a very good new friend who has a very interesting story that has oh flavours of donor conception, mystery, intrigue, and also then uh, IVF, yeah. bit of cancer, bit of adoption. It's all in there got everything yeah I thought like I, I it's just such an interesting point of view you know we don't often get the 
kid's point of view in this. And she was, she essentially found out last year that she was donor conceived, right? Yes. And it's just such an interesting story, like how she found out, mm-hmm. how it yeah, affected her relationship with her parents. It's wild. It's wild. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, it was just fascinating chat. Yeah, and I think she's she's very articulate about it and thoughtful, and I quite like that. Yes, absolutely. Surprisingly, actually, I think I'd still be a gibbering wreck. Mm, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, she's um, she's got her head screwed on about yeah. it, and so yeah, it was a very interesting chat, and uh, we're very grateful that she shared it with us. Oh my god, yes. Oh my um, god. Oh my god, yes. We still have not heard from Professor Tim. No, well, no, sorry, we have. Uh, okay. He still loves us um, and he is promising that we will be able to feature him soon, but there is still some sort of hold up and I'm not sure what it is. Uh, he will be back. I like to think he's just really considering his answers. Yeah, he's just taking a long time to do the research. So, mm-hmm. yeah, so he will be back, guys. Uh, not this episode. I'm going to say next episode. I'm just going to say well, it. Okay, it on my speak. head. Um, Gabby, how many days is it now until our book comes out? Because oh I think it is God. 16. Oh, yeah, okay. Yeah. Yeah, because I was trying to work out what date this is coming out. Um, yes. 60, but 16 days till the book launch. Tis but 16 days. Yeah, so get your orders in now, guys. And yeah. in just over two weeks, you'll get a little prezzy on your doormat. Yeah, I mean, I've actually, we've now seen copies of the book. They exist mm. in real life. Mm-hmm. We have them. I have them in my house. Yes. I've already done a f- several readings over Christmas. Have you? <laughs> you yeah. like no one's asked me to read from it. Yeah, yeah. My friends did. The, uh, to be fair, they featured in this particular anecdote. So they, right. they, you know, they wanted to hear it. And I was, I'd had a couple of wines, so I, I did it. Did you do <laughs> it with quite a flourish? Yeah, I did. <laughs> <laughs> Lol. Um, <laughs> But yeah, it is nice having the physical book. Yeah, it's re- it's made it really real to me. Mm, very much so, yeah. And it can yeah. be real to you too if you'd like to pre-order it today. <laughs> Just eleven ninety nine. Actually, I don't know how much it is. I think anyway, eleven ninety nine actually. You can pre-order it on Amazon or Bookshop.org or Waterstones. And hopefully yeah, soon you can if you're in the IRL UK. bookshop. Oh yeah. yeah, if you're in the UK, we're still working on other territories. We are. We are working on it. Um. And otherwise, you can follow us on Instagram at BFN. I mean, at oh Big my Fat God, Negative. You can't even get it right, huh? <laughs> it's at Big Fat Negative, guys. Just to... <laughs> um, or you can um, email us. Oh, Big Fat Negative Podcast at gmail.com. You can follow us on Twitter at Big Fat Negative. And you can donate um, some money to us because you, you like us. The price of a co- you can shock us the price of a coffee. Yeah. If you use Kofi. Yeah. The Kofi app. Yeah, and that link is on our Instagram and on our on our website. And you also can buy some merch. Merch. You can buy a just relax t shirt mm-hmm. or sweater or tote. Mm-hmm. Crucially, mm-hmm. I always Again, forget the tote. Link is on our website, bigfatnegative.com. Yeah, and that's through T Mill, which. Incidentally, it's a very sustainable brand. Okay, well, that's good to know. Yeah, it's um, good to know these days, isn't it? <laughs> Please enjoy the episode. Indeed, enjoy. Hey, mate, how are you? Um, I'm okay. I'm in that. I, I, I ate a chocolate orange today. A whole chocolate orange? Yeah. Oh, 
It is. We are recording today, this day, the 29th of December. There are no calories. Of course not. No, it doesn't no. exist. We are in betwixtmas. Indeed. And um, what happens in betwixtmas stays in betwixtmas. <laughs> including chocolate <laughs> oranges. <laughs> uh, I, and you're a fucking spa. Yeah, I am, I am a spa. I'm really sorry. Uh, you I, should be. I know. I hate myself. I can't believe I'm here, to be honest. It was a very last minute thing. Um, and I've just come taken myself off to a Champneys of all things. Oh, my God. So um, can you just start, like, what have you done so far? So um, so I arrived. I had a pizza and some sparkling water in the bar. Then I went and had a pedicure. Great. Then I checked in. Then I went to the pool. It was full of kids, so I left. Um, went back to the bar. <laughs> Had some food. That, that this is the problem with going away at the moment with COVID. There was a man in there who sounded very ill, right? And so I was kind of like trying to eat my food and drink my wine and be relaxed and cool and totally chill about it. And I really, I was just like on edge. So yeah. I felt, okay. And I just kind of necked it and left. <laughs> Back to the pool. Um, no kids this time. Great. Right. Um, okay. Tried to go into the sauna, but it's full of people and fuck uh. that. Um, so that's got to be a COVID breeding ground. Exactly. Can you imagine? So, like, whilst I'm having a lovely time at the spa, there Mm -hmm. is definitely this whole other dimension that you don't usually have at spas, which is, will I catch COVID at the spa? Is that on the menu? Who knows? Yes. But yeah, this is where I am for one night only. Must I might add, you know? Yeah. Okay. Great. Sorry, what have you been doing? You haven't had a bad day, I've heard. No, I haven't had a terrible day. Well, we, we, obviously we saw each other for coffee this morning. It is. Is so nice. It is. Um, and then I, yeah, I went for, I had lunch with John, mm-hmm. me and John. That was really nice. Although we went to the nice restaurant in town that was full. So we had to go to quite a shitty one. Oh dear. The service was just not up to scratch. Oh, Emma, you poor thing. I know, it was awful. Um, no, it was fine. It was nice. Um, and then, and then I went for a drink with my new friend. New friend. And that turned into two drinks and that new turned into friend. three drinks. Oh, now... she is a new friend then. She is a new friend. It was our fourth date. Uh-huh. Good. Oh, yeah. Like it. And by the end, we were just having a thoroughly nice time. Um, Delightful. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like moving out of London has been a journey of making new friends. Oh, mate. Well, um, yeah, you feel the 100%. same. 100%. I've never, yeah. um, I've never had so much uh, self-doubt and <laughs> like social paranoia in my entire life as, as moving here and trying to make friends as an adult. It's weird. Yeah. Making friends as an adult is hard. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I made my new friend. We went for a drink. We had a lovely time. She is like very ingrained in the like local crew mm-hmm. so the whistle um, massive yeah yeah cool maybe you're gonna be in there too yeah maybe and i'm like in there but she's a very nice lady and i did feel at times during the late like probably after the third drink that we probably are soulmates so that was nice <laughs> um you know so you do realize this means you have to get a dry robe I'm not getting a dry robe. You can't be part of the Whitsville Massive so, if you don't have a dry robe. I think we should tell the listeners what a dry robe is, which is where, like, we've discovered upon moving to the it's, seaside. It's very important coastal wear. <laughs> Everybody owns this thing called a dry robe, which is like, it's basically like a glorified towel, isn't it? 
I mean, it's it's so much more than that, now, but it, it's a kind of yeah, it is a towel that you wear that is very warm that you change under, but also then wear after a swim to keep you warm. Yeah, and a lot of the locals, certainly in Whitstable, and and when I was living in Margate, um, all just wear these things. I personally don't own one because I don't swim in the sea because I'm not mental. <laughs> Yeah, but yeah. I mean, maybe okay. that's just me. Yeah, they do. Um, you, on the other hand, I, I do now swim in the sea. Yeah, yeah, you and do, and you and you own a dry rope. I've got a different brand, actually. I love you. Um, <laughs> Is it a cooler brand? <laughs> it's uh, it's recycled, so it makes me feel warm and smug <laughs> at the same time. So it's even warmer. Um, (laughs) but yes I do essentially own one of those items of clothing but I don't wear it as a coat which is crucial I feel yeah yeah I mean you will wear it as a coat though it's a swim only deal Mm -hmm. (laughs) she says (laughs) (laughs) non-believing I just I'm not ready to be part of the dry robe crew yet I feel like you've embraced social uh, coastal life Mm, like very enthusiastically whereas I'm just like holding off yeah no no i won't do it no yeah, i'm not going to fucking see either it's freezing it is freezing it's definitely freezing i can confirm that even today which is unseasonably mild it's freezing yeah yeah um one of our friends has just got a jumper that says it's not that cold oh no it's not that bad which is literally what everyone says when they get in the sea <laughs> yeah. they're like honestly it's fine so yeah it is it's generally yeah fucking hard it <laughs> I mean, you bring it on yourself, pal. Um, so can I tell you about my story? Yes, please. Okay, so my story today is about a, a tiny device. This is from the headline of the Telegraph. The size of a 5p coin, which could unlock the answer to fertility problems. Uh-huh. Specifically, this is not the headline, unexplained infertility. I have read this story. Mm-hmm. And it is, um, it's going to, it's basically going to turn your womb into like a data uh what's the opposite of a receptor broadcaster data broadcaster aerial adding to the bucket of data but in all seriousness it's um yeah it's going to be like it's going to i can't remember exactly what details it sends but it's like the the conditions of the womb right yeah so it um it sends data wirelessly to a microchip and a special set of underwear every 30 minutes but they're sexy oh yeah and it measures oxygen ph and temperature inside the womb mm-hmm. so it can tell you definitively once and for all if eating ice cream during an oh round is a bad idea gals you must try it tell me whether i had to if i could have swallowed the smoothie without holding it in my mouth to warm it up <laughs> first I, that's the, i need to know before i die whether that was a pointless no. um, um i think uh i think i mean in theory this sounds great because you know, anyone that's been through a two-week wait is like, I wish there was like a, a video yeah. cam in there so I could just watch what's happening. And obviously that's not what this is, but it's, yeah, you know. It's... I think, like, we tend to be a bit cynical of kind of femtech, don't mm. we? As, yeah. As a brand. <laughs> we are, but I also think we are very aware that this is a, an emerging science that, mm. some, you know, there is going to be some new stuff that, that, potentially does go on to have um yeah huge implications i think you know if you if you look at the kind of that region that add-ons that most ivf add-ons are focusing on it's things like the microbiome inside the uterus it's looking at things like um 
natural killer cells, which again, slightly controversial. controversial. Yeah, mm. a bit controversial. Uh, and it's, it, you know, it's looking very a granular details like that. Mm. So I feel like maybe temperature, pH level are, are fairly, they can offer us fairly limited information. That said, it is being developed by the University of Southampton. So they obviously think it's worth it. I think it's interesting. Yeah. yeah. And we do find that a lot, you know, with um, unexplained infertility in particular, a lot of, a lot of it's, it's unexplained because they don't have the tests for it yet. Mm. It's not because like something mystical is happening. Yeah. 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 Something unknowable. It's just that they're, they, they're not doing the right tests. You know, in some situations it is something as simple as an infection. Yeah, exactly. So it could, yeah, this could be really interesting. Um, but it's um, it's in very early stages, by my recollection. It is in the very early stages, Ben. So yeah, don't go banging the clinic door down requesting yep. this five p to be inserted. <laughs> yeah, um, it's not ready yet, guys. It's not ready. Yeah, that is interesting. I'm glad that the you know I'm glad there's science happening. <laughs> I'm so glad that there is science happening. <laughs> there's science happening. No, I, I just mean like women's stuff. Women's yeah, no, obviously um, massively. Years of uh, complete imbalance in um, yeah. medical breakthroughs and and scientific fucking procedures. Yeah, yeah, let's focus on the womb for once. Yeah, bloody womb. It's bloody good. Um, yeah, good um, on your University of Southampton. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Well, mate, I'm, I'm going to leave you to your bloody spa day. Oh, sorry, guys, I've got somewhere to be. I'm going to go back to the sauna. Hope no one's in there. Oh my god, yeah, enjoy it. <laughs> 
Lizzie, how are you? I'm okay. <laughs> Suddenly that's nervous. Now that the mic, now that you pressed record. <laughs> we, we've just oh. been talking about your kitten. Yeah, that was the easy chat. She's uh, She's gone to sleep now. That was convenient. Oh, oh well done. Yes. So I guess, you know, obviously we're usually speaking to people about their journey. Um, but your one's slightly different. Can you tell us about, about yours? Yes. So I guess I should start at the point of discovery. Does okay. that, is yeah. that a good oh. starting point? I was going to uh-huh. say, I don't know where you want to start, but... Yes. God, so <laughs> I was born. I was born in 1982. <laughs> and by the way, I turn 40 next week, but that's uh, a whole yay! other thing. Thank God. Um, yes, I decided to do, in front of my parents, I told them I was t- going to take a DNA test. My dad has Roma Gypsy heritage that no one knows anything about. And I thought, oh, I'm going to do this 23 and Me shenanigans and maybe it will reveal our gypsy past. Um, okay. So I told them about it and they were like, okay. Uh, I don't think they really understood quite what it would reveal at that point. Um, uh-huh. and, and, and neither did I. So I did the test uh, that took, you know, you, you order it, you get sent the kit. It took me ages to actually post it back. Classic. Did the kit. And then like two months later, I actually went to the post office. And at that point, then, you know, the pandemic was in full swing. It's April. Right. My, resu- my results come back quite bored, quite bored at home. Yeah. Get my, get my, uh, you get, you download like the app, the app results, if you like, come in. And I was really yeah. interested in seeing the movement of people and my actual like family mm. history moving around the planet. Yeah. And, the, you know, the big reveal at that point was nothing. It, there was no roman gypsy anything it was uh you know northern european scandinavian viking descent shenanigans so far so boring <laughs> i was like oh okay so i'm yeah, that's kind of like my one as well yeah you know i was mm. kind of what i look like is what the dna says okay that's fine and then there's like a swipe right option uh to reveal more and it was you know find your relatives which i wasn't that interested in and assumed it would show very distant cousins because I'm an only child probably should have mentioned that I'm an only child okay and so I swipe right to discover relatives and instantly the first thing I see are five half brothers and sisters Mm. and and the way it shows it is just you know half brother and a name and it shows your DNA sharing amount oh wow something like 25 percent around there oh my god so I'm looking at my boyfriend and I'm like what the fuck this can't be correct and he's like, oh, oh. and straight away you know I feel terrible now but straight away I thought my dad had had lots of affairs in the 70s and the reason why oh. and the reason why my brain did that is I already knew I knew I was uh IVF uh, conceived I knew that in the very early days they started in the 70s had me by 82 I knew that it had taken them nine years to have me mm-hmm. and I and I start to think of like the narrative there of a, on a relationship and it's the seventies and my dad worked night shifts, quite handsome back in the day, rode a mitre bike. Like, oh, come on. <laughs> and this is like, you know, it's like kind of, I'm not sure if AIDS was at the forefront of their minds at that point, unlike mm. back, you know, into the eighties. I don't like, he's not going to be wearing contraception. So I did think straight away that he had a lot of affairs and I ring my dad. There's also an option to message these, these people at this point, strangers. So I messaged them uh, exactly the same message, copy and paste. Uh, is this for real? Question mark. Is it just, I was like, this is mad. It's just too mad. I ring my dad. I tell him what I've discovered. And he said, 
firstly, well, they're nothing to do with me, <laughs> which, you know, upon reflection, he wasn't lying. Um, <laughs> and he said, well, that, that doesn't sound right. So, you know, that sounds quite low, like low. Are you sure there's not an error in the app? 25% DNA, you know, it doesn't sound. And I, and I was like, yeah, you know, he was very convincing. I was like, yeah, you're right. It doesn't sound like, yeah, it's, it's nothing, is it? Silly app, silly app, hang up. And I had messages back already from the five people that I'd messaged uh, telling me in great detail, basically the same story, but slightly different, which went along the lines of either your father is a sperm donor or you were donor conceived because we are all donor conceived. Wow. And at which point I obviously had a million questions for them, but I rang my when I say I ring my dad back, I'm actually ringing my parents, but, and I don't know if your family structure is like this, but my dad sits next to the phone. <laughs> yeah, that, that used to yeah. be the case. Patriarchal setup. He's also yeah. got the remote control, you know. Yeah. So when I say I'm ringing the house and I'm ringing dad, it's because I assume he'll be the one that picks up. But this yeah. time my mum picks up. Da, 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 uh, which uh, means my dad's passed to the phone. <laughs> okay, yeah, he knows what's coming. Yeah. <laughs> And I'm like, mum, yeah, I've just been told that either dad's a sperm donor and did you do that maybe to help with financials or did you use a donor to help have me? And she burst into tears, bless her, and said, and said, we were never going to tell you. Classic. (gasps) Great. That's good to know, mum. We were never going to tell you, but, and they they told us to have sex on the same day so that, um, you know, you could be ours, but yeah, you know, we did, we used a donor because apparently my dad had a motorcycle accident and messed up his balls and couldn't, and couldn't have, uh, couldn't have children. So yes, they did use a sperm donor. And she said that, uh, they told her that, uh, he was a doctor, no, sorry, studying to be a doctor and he was tall and looked a bit like my dad and that's all they knew. So they went for it. And, um, I, I think she wanted to talk a bit, but I was I was so desperate to get off the phone and speak with these five new people. Ah. Um, and then, yeah, and that's, that was the discovery. So I had, at that point, five half-brothers and sisters. Now, since then, I've discovered more because there's also Ancestry.com and some of those half-siblings had done tests via that. And also since then, which was April this last year, hang on, 2020... Yeah. God's time is weird at the moment. Mm-hmm. 2020. There have been other discoveries since then, but I shan't go into that right now. That's just Oh wow. That's the setup of the story, if you like. So so like what was your first reaction? Were you angry at them at this point, do you think? No. No, because I I'm I'm so happy in a way that I found out at this age, rather than at say twenty-four or twenty-one yeah. or even thirty-two you know, years of therapy and whatnot, I understand my, I feel I understand my parents and I'm Mm -hmm. so much more forgiving with my parents now. So I was just like, oh, my mom and dad, you know, kind of rolly eyed. I was like, Mm. of course that's what they would do because that's how they are. And it's not because they're bad. It's just how they operate. Whereas if I'd known this at 19 or 18, 15, maybe, I don't know, I'd have used it against them. I probably would have been, I would have, yeah. It would have been such great leverage. Yeah, <laughs> it's quite it's quite an interesting. I mean, because you know, if you if you speak to a lot of donor conceived people, a, a lot say you know it's important that we know we've got to kind of understand where we come from. Mm-hmm. But would you say that's not the necessarily the case until they're kind of mature enough? 
No, I think it's you either tell somebody very young because I mm-hmm. think everyone, just to add as well a little nuance here, my partner is mixed race right. and has very little access to a whole side of his heritage. They're from Jamaica. There's going to be slavery involved. He also has that, you know, my, you know, I wanted to find out about Roman gypsy heritage because there's a big blank because there's no paperwork if you're mm-hmm. a traveler. He has this big blank as well. And I realized that when you don't know your story, I think that there's something missing. Mm-hmm. And so I do think you need to tell anyone that's adopted or donor conceived their story. But if you ain't telling them really soon, at a point that they can start to digest it, even if it's in a sort of fairy tale like story mm-hmm. for a yeah. very young person, and then it can be explained further as they grow. If you're not doing it then, then my other opinion would be you wait until someone's really mature enough to be able to take it. Yeah. Because right. I, I don't know how I would have dealt with this in my 20s. That's really interesting. It's so it's so weird the way the industry has changed in the way because obviously they were kind of telling your parents in a way to just pretend it wasn't happening and have sex and therefore they'd never really know. Like it's so not how they would exactly. do it now for the you know because you need to know for medical reasons and and obviously for the telling your kids as well you need to yeah. know. I think this is the very early stages of IVF, isn't it? This is mm. the beginning of. Well, I'm sure you guys know way more than I do. It's quite revolutionary at this point. Um, mm, still is. I'm not sure how much they were thinking about the child's welfare. Yeah. It was all about making it possible and, and getting the parents to be happy. I need to add that once I read through all these messages and everyone's detailed descriptions of their story, their parents were all told the same thing. So all of our parents were a bit, uns- no one really knew for sure. Possibly mm. you're mine, possibly you're not. Let's just pretend that you are. Um, so no, I wasn't. I wasn't angry at all, and, I, and I'm still not angry. Not not at all. I felt just incredibly inquisitive. Um, I cry. I remember I did cry. I had a little cry, but I think that was more for realizing instantly that there was a loss of mm. a narrative that I thought stupid. And I still do it. Stupid things like I'll be like hobbling around the house and be like, my legs will be a bit stiff. Because I'm old now. And I think of my dad's, <laughs> my dad's like that. My dad's like always got stiff legs. And I'll still go, oh, it's because of my... And that, that's where you get a little moment of grief and a bit. Mm. Of, oh, it's not because it's not I'm actually related to him that I have that. Yeah. Just that. That's, that's That must be very odd. It is odd. Well, there's a big story you tell yourself. I'm tall. My dad's really tall. Mm. I'm uh, hyper-flexible. My dad's hyper-flexible. I'm analytical. My dad's analytical. And you're like, oh, okay. Um. (laughs) maybe not from dna do you feel angry at the clinic at all like do you wish the kind of child's feelings have been taken into account it doesn't sound like they really thought what about the children massively i wish they'd had more sort of philosophical conversations and yeah child welfare conversations Mm. because one of the other things that i've also discovered through so the group my my sibling squad as I call them, um, <laughs> it's nice. had known about this before I had, obviously. So I'd already done lots of research and I had lots of information, but they, the donor, at that point, you could donate as much as you wanted, as often as you wanted. Um, right. So the number of siblings I could have is, is infinite. Mm. Whereas I believe it's 1993, the law comes in to maximize again you'll probably know more than me but to maximize that donation to 10 families max right through a clinic 
for ethical reasons because no it's not ethical is it to feel that you've got 100 siblings mm. and and there's that uh case in america where someone did find out they had hundreds of siblings and sued sued the clinic um so yeah that's now actually a law that's in place obviously that's not the case for anyone that's just using a mate or doing it just mm. you know a, yeah. a random website but um in clinics now that is something that they've realized isn't okay and if you think about geography, this was a London clinic. A lot of the families using the clinic lived southeast. Me and all of my siblings so far are all southeast. Uh, three of us have some friends in common. It is wow. highly that we've met at some point. And it freaks me out some days that I've potentially been in the room at points in my life with a sibling, not the mm-hmm. ones I've already met, but, you know, sorry. Mm-hmm. I've also I've met them now, by the way. Sorry. Fast forward mm-hmm. in the story. Um <laughs> But others that I don't even know I'm related to, like it's, I don't like that. Again, you need to know your story, but I'm never going to know my story. Mm. I, like it's going to be, it's a bit epic. I, yeah. I can't, I can't even get my head around the numbers. Um, but there's even more to that as well. I found out so much more. I, I do know how much our, the donor donated because even more happened since discovering the siblings. But anyway, we'll get to that. Um, yeah. Oh God, so much to talk about. <laughs> Have you found him? Yes. Okay. <laughs> but I feel that needs some explanation because that's fucking mad too. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, I mean, it's bad, you know, finding out. So so I should probably like add to the puzzle. So there's five there and then um, let's do the math right. And then there were two more on Ancestry.com. Uh-huh. So there were at that point uh, seven seven of us as a as a sibling group there was one sibling that once discovered all of this left was like i it's too much i can't confront my parents about it i'm out her mm. name's sandra um so even though what's weird is the, the so one of my siblings discovered who the donor was which I'll, I'll get to but she's quite a good stalker at finding people so she's actually found sandra and like sent me photos and i'm like so not we can't do this on the podcast unfortunately but if you saw us all this is where yeah. it gets really creepy right we do all look alike it's uh, it's weird it's really yeah. weird um shall i shall i lunge into how we found the donor please yes I love that. <laughs> so <laughs> nicola one of my half siblings so i must just sort of add as well we're all very analytical could be okay. genetics all of us are could be genetics you could also argue because we're analytical we're more the kind of people that would do a dna test yeah true. So, very true one or one or the other but we are an analytical bunch and so uh nicola decided to attempt to it was really important to her to find out uh, more information about our biological father mm-hmm. she felt we had a right and she's she's correct to our med- medical history yeah, um, I can imagine that um and that she made some really good points things like we're being treated as second second class citizens like why don't we have those rights when other people do and yeah. imagine that the donor's probably got his own kids and what they're his real kids, you know, mm. his real children, but we're just what? And that, that sort of definitely stayed with me when she put it like that. I was like, yeah, that's, it is a bit, it's a bit odd, isn't it? That we don't matter in that regard. Mm. It is weird. Um, and all those years I've been saying to the doctor, my family history, is there a history of, you know, I know high blood pressure in your family? No, I don't. It's always all bollocks. What I was saying. Mm. I actually no. Yeah. Um, so she on Ancestry, um, and a few of them are on Ancestry.com, like I said, they saw there was a paternal cousin on there. 
It works mm-hmm. different to 23andMe. 23andMe is not like that. Um, the minute they saw there was a, a paternal, theoretically, you could go up the family tree to some great, 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 great grandparents. And in theory, you could work down to someone. Even yeah. if he's, you know, even if he weren't on there, the donor, you could get bloody close uh, with yeah. enough um, census records and birth records and marriage records. So she said it took about 200 hours of work if she were to oh add it all God. up. It was an epic amount. Um, and she did find our great grandparents. And wow. from there, she found three brothers and um, process of elimination, mainly age. She whittled it down to one man whose name I won't say on here because that would be unfair on him because he did who's when when he's presum- donated <laughs> pardon I'm oh, sorry I was just gonna say who's presumably gone on to be a doctor <laughs> he's a doctor yeah <laughs> which is really unlikely because apparently they told everybody that everyone was training to be a doctor uh, it was like the story to make everyone feel good about so that could have been bollocks it could have been, yeah, but he actually did go on to be a doctor. Um, so she wrote him a letter, a really nice letter to his workplace because he is a heart surgeon. So she had a, wow. there's even there's even like wow. YouTube videos of him talking and he seems so kind. He seems so lovely, I must say. Um, and she sent him a letter explaining our situation, you know, apologizing for the big shock that this would be, promising him that we're not here to reveal his secrets or tell his family or ask for anything other than our medical history. Yeah. And anything he could reveal would be really helpful. And because he's a doctor, we felt fairly confident that he'd understand that. Yeah. Um, and since then, he's written us all email. Anyone that wants to wrote, write to him, he said, please do. I've exchanged a few emails with him. Um, and he basically answers any questions, but tends not to ask them. And he says it's because he does have his own family. He has two children who he had to. So, by the way, that's two more siblings for me. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. What's the tally now? So that's, we're at eight, that's nine. Um, and wow. there's been another one join. Emma has joined recently, the sibling squad. She did it because she watched a documentary on Vikings. <laughs> You're all searching for the Viking gypsy heritage. <laughs> uh, so she did it and found us a lot and had no idea, by the way. And oh, she still God. hasn't confronted her parents. But anyway, um, blah, 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 where was I? Oh, him, Mr. I will just use his first name, Simon. His name's Simon. Okay. He seems very thoughtful, emotionally um, intelligent. He seems really kind. He writes great emails or great letters, if you want to call them that. Mm. Um, and he shared lots of interesting history about family. He sent us photos of, so he sent me a photo of my grandmother, his mother. And God, I look like her. I really thought <laughs> I looked like her. I really thought I looked like her. Um, yeah, so I've exchanged maybe four emails with him and then felt I had my fix I think my next urge is maybe to meet him in person if he was open to that but with with everybody else yeah I know know Nicola who tracked him down and it was really important to her to have him somehow in her life her dad's been quite absent Um, she that I think they write back and forth quite a lot but Um, he hasn't told his his I don't know what how you would refer to them his Real children, you see. Yeah, I don't want to say that. No, but it's this is how it feels. It's weird, isn't it? His yeah. real children, um, with all their rights to medical information. Yeah, I think that, I think you're still real because otherwise yeah. you're just a figment of my imagination. <laughs> <laughs> the children that he's reared. Yeah, exactly. The children that he's. Been yeah, I was present. looking for a word. I was like biological. No, 
I think no, that was like no, legitimate. Weird, no, that sounds no. weird. That he did have to tell his wife and his children all about this. Uh, so he thing. has told them. He has now, yeah, after receiving our letter. Right. Um, Just, you know, there's going to be a lot of parents of potentially donor-conceived children um, listening to this. Have you got, like, a message to them? Oh, uh, I have words of comfort, probably. Um, Do you still feel really close to your dad? Like, has it has it affected your relationship with him? I was never really close to my dad okay. anyway. Um, more, more close to my mum. Dad's... Well, it's, I mean, again, it's not... It's not because there's some big problem. It's just Victorian England, quite frankly. You know, it's, <laughs> yeah. it's how he was yeah. raised, and he's male, and he's not so emotional, and finds yeah. it harder to express it. And so that these these are the dynamics that play out in our family. You know, yeah. emotional women bond. Dad is harder to understand, and so there's a bit of a always a bit of a block between us. Mm-hmm. This has definitely made me appreciate him more. I'm like, oh, so I was never yours and you knew that. And yet here you are and you've always been definitely a dad. Yeah. Definitely, definitely a dad. Um, so I think I've, it's softened me with any anger. Sometimes yeah. when he's pissing me off, I'm a bit more, I'm a bit more lenient maybe. And like, oh, you know, he did well. And also I try and be like, that must've been quite hard for him. Um, yeah. I, yeah, I can't. And I, and I haven't spoken about oh I should have there's so much more there's so many things I've missed out and I wish I could have spoken to you much sooner after it happened because it was so fresh um and so much has happened since it's like gets diluted yeah Um, it also becomes your kind of normal doesn't it yeah something like that yeah whereas when it happened it was mad yeah yeah, yeah. and now I'm like oh this is just this is my mad story (laughs) um he did say I did speak to him after mum I must have rung back at some point that night to tell them more what I've discovered. And he said, well, you know, I've always known so nothing's changed for me. I, I, I've always loved you and I always will. That's, that's, that's so sweet. But that was nice. good point though, for him, the narrative hasn't changed, right? He already, he already knew that. So it's, it's really on me to a certain extent to have to reconfigure mm-hmm. how, Get your I, head around it. how I see the world and myself in it. Um, so yeah, that it softened, softened my feelings towards my father. Mm. Um, and also has made me really think about what makes a family, what mm-hmm. it is to be a parent, mm-hmm. who I love and how I feel connected to them. And it hasn't changed that in the slightest. The donor, Simon, is the donor. And I'm yeah. very curious about him. And I really hope I get to meet him one day and that there's I gain things in my life from him. Mm-hmm. Just be it a funny anecdote where I'm like, huh, you sound like me telling that. I don't know. Like just yeah. Yeah. curious things. But my dad's my dad. He bloody he's the one that endured me. <laughs> when I was, you know, being an awful teenager and whatnot. Yeah. And so I don't know if that's comforting. I think that is. I think it's really I think nice. That's wonderful. It's also um a, n- a nice segue into mm. your own fertility journey, Desi, if you wouldn't mind, <laughs> would you up for talking to us about that? God, it's all so mad, isn't it? <laughs> uh, um, yes, but it has helped think about that process. Yeah, um, that's what I was has, thinking. Has definitely helped that. So yeah, I, uh, me and my um, boyfriend don't have children, but he has twin daughters who I think are great. They're, they're 12 and we have them every other weekend. And I'm definitely not a stepmom to them. I'm more like a mate. They're, they're too they're too grown up to step mum 
you yeah. know, like it's just I, and I and I met them at nine. So even though I have to parent them a little bit sometimes, not really. I just get to like walk around London or whatnot and have a nice time with them. Okay. Um, and then we've been trying for a baby for a few years, but no luck yet. And we are seriously considering adopting. Um, oh, hang on. I should backtrack. So the, the narrative on everything. <laughs> we were about to start fertility treatment. And then I found, I was I was going to the toilet a lot. So this is locked, lockdown life, uh, working next to the loo in the London flat before I moved um, mm-hmm. home. And I was just kind of toilet a lot. And I thought it was because I was now working next to the toilet and my brain knew it. Yeah. You know, like when your brain knows you're close, like when you yeah. put the keys in the door and you're like, oh, oh. Yeah, you wet your pants. <laughs> yeah. Basically, that was kind of happening to me at my desk. <laughs> right. I was like almost making it to the toilet. I was making it to the toilet, but it was really close. And then um, and then we moved and we had stairs now. And I was struggling to make it up the flight of stairs to the toilet. I'm like, this is weird. I'm weird. I don't go to the toilet a lot. Um, and at the same time, we were literally about to press play on the fertility. We'd just done our blood tests. We'd got the, you know, the ovulation schedule in to start the, those injections. We were good to go. Um, and then I, they, they found on a scan um, that my bladder was swollen. I was like, ah, that's why inflamed. My bladder wall looked inflamed. That was right. it. I was like, ah, oh, that's why I'm weighing so much. So I went to see a uro- urologist and unfortunately discovered that I had bladder cancer. Oh, my God of all fucking as if my black mirror year of oh finding out God, I had yeah. like 500 siblings wasn't enough another so twist was this? this was in may this year so but oh pretty much God, a Lizzie. year a year to the date of finding out uh so a little pang of and, and if we want to speak about feelings on the donor stuff a little pang of anger for a moment there was that i was like oh i wonder if i'd actually known yeah, medical. Yeah, I don't think there is. It's it's actually caused by smoking, and I used to smoke. Right. Um, so I don't think it's got anything to do with uh, family stuff. And no one, you know, Simon hasn't mentioned any bladder cancer in his side of the family, so yeah. it's, it's not that. But still, I had a little pang of this is why this shit's important. You yeah, know? for sure. Yeah. Had it been hereditary, I'd have been fucking furious. Yeah, yeah. Um because I'd have been keeping a, a way way more of a closer eye on that. But um yeah, so I found out I had a bladder cancer which paused all the fertility treatment. Um and I had the tumor removed and one chemo wash through the bladder and then I had a, a second procedure to remove any tumor growth that had returned but it actually hadn't which is a really good sign. Mm-hmm. And then I have to go back uh, in January so very soon for a to check again if it's grown back but basically it all looks like it's going to be okay is the yeah it, lo- it looks like it'll be fine but they monitor these things and you're not really clear until you're clear clear um mm-hmm. but because it paused the fertility treatment plus you know still digesting all this donor stuff um I really thought actually you know what maybe I would just rather adopt this is it's a lot and I think because my body had been through quite something like my body's been through a lot mm, oh yeah. I also mentioned I did actually freeze my eggs um five years ago when I was okay. here when I was 35 and I at that point only got so the first time I did it, I only got two eggs right. which was a, I had nine follicles got two eggs I remember crying crying mm. all the way home on the tube couldn't afford mm. a cab a classic couldn't afford a cab because <laughs> you de- just paid for egg freezing yeah, basically and yeah. they were like is someone coming to pick you up yeah 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 they're outside hop on the tube oh, right slightly sedated very emotional because I've only got two fucking eggs and there were these autistic children in front of me. Oh my God, this is a movie like you ever, and they, 
I'm crying. And they were all like, look at that lady crying. What's that lady oh. crying about? That lady's sad. How do we make that lady happy? And I'm like, oh, oh God. God, stop. I can't stop crying. I'm high. I'm like, it's weird. Oh. I've only got two eggs. Uh, but I did it again. I did it again. Can you believe? A credit card one more time. And I got nice. three eggs the second time. Okay. World improvement. So I have five precious eggs on ice. But it means that I do kind of already know that IVF's not going to be... Yeah. I'm not, I'm not going to be extracting any eggs. I've got to use them ones. Mm, okay. And then plus the bladder stuff made me feel... Um, that just, just the thought, you know, your body, you suddenly your body feels so precious. You're like, I don't, mm. I don't even know if I want to push a baby out of it now. I'm like, that sounds traumatic. And my bladder's yeah. so close to it all. And, mm. oh, <laughs> you know, yeah. I just, it all feels so precious. I thought, no, I'd rather adopt. And, and the thought of adopting, because of what I've been through, doesn't feel as mad as it did before yeah. Yeah. going through yeah. it. Now that I know. Nice, um, yeah. Yeah. I know. I will love that child. Well, I can't, you know, I don't know if my dad loves me as much as, a pater- I don't know, as much as a paternal dad. What, what's the word? Paternal? Is that the right word? Uh, biological. Biological dad. Yeah. Would. Yeah. But I assume he does. So I assume I would. It sounds too. like he does. Yeah, it does I, sound I, like he does. I hope so. Oh. <laughs> <It'd> be awful. <laughs> it's like, oh, I don't know, actually, maybe not. <laughs> um, no, I, I think, I think so. So. Yeah. Wow. That's, that's made me feel more confident. I think the thing that stops people wanting to adopt is that, truly. The one thing yeah. that makes someone adopt is the feeling that but you won't love them the same as you would your own, though, would you? So being on the other end of that, I felt pretty loved. So I yeah. love that. That's so nice to hear. Yeah. And so um, adoption is famously super easy to do. Yeah, So that's what I've heard. Yeah. So you're obviously like... Almost finished, right? Nope. We're uh, <laughs> we've got. In theory, we love the idea. In the fantasy land of what my life looks like, we're going to adopt. It's all going to be fine. What the reality of it is, I have had on my to-do list this self-assessment that they sent us. I've done all the other forms, family trees, I've been reading books, I've been filling in fucking pie charts. Like they, you have to build these, like build these sort of fake family trees but friend units of who's going to be your support system um and then you have to do the self-assessment that talks about all the important things throughout your life and talks about all your personality traits and all your parenting styles and how your parents parented it's really deep and we've been about halfway through for a year because I just can't finish the goddamn thing it's just so overwhelming yeah apparently they take the self-assessment and use it to really find a good match okay so it matters so say they saw that you were bullied as a kid. That would be really important for them to see that that happened if they have a child that's been bullied or okay. um, if you've been through a trauma that is relevant. So you've got to be really honest and really thorough, even if it doesn't seem like it was important. Wow. So it's, it's a massive essay of your life, basically. And we both have to do it. They you have to do a health check. And on that health check, they, they write the last thing you were in for. The reason they do a health check is if actually if you are very unhealthy, you can't adopt. If you smoke, you can't adopt. Yeah. If you're very overweight, you can't adopt. You know, they want to know that you're a fit, healthy human that can manage a child. Yeah. Um, mine, mine looked fine, but Rion, my partner, went there for anxiety. Okay. <sighs> and suddenly I'm like, oh man, that's going to be, they're going to want you to do special counselling and a whole bunch do of stuff. Do you know stuff. what though? Everyone we speak to who's done adoption says, you tell them everything and it's fine. And things like mental health, things like that 
are are fine. They just need to know about it. Okay. That's what, okay. I mean, that's what people we've spoken to say. Mm. Okay. Like they like to hear that you've had yeah. problems and, and overcome them. Yeah. And that you have a kind of affinity with, with mental health yeah. issues, yes. I guess, because the child that you adopt might have the same, you know? Yes. No, I understood that as well. I think it's just for my partner. Um, I think for him, it's like, oh God, now I've got this money. It's setting it up. It's more time. Yeah. It's just, you know, it's just another thing. And honestly, the, I feel the paperwork. I'm okay with it. I'm a bit more academic than my partner. Yeah. And for him, he's like, this is like, what? I wasn't good at school. This is really hard. Reading these yeah. books, writing a self-assessment. Like, what? Like, yeah. I feel, and it's making him feel like he's failing already. So oh, that's God. what's hard about the process. Like, yeah. Yeah. It's very written. It's very pen to paper. And I wish they would just interview him or something. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I can do it in a slightly different way. But anyway, it is what it is. So, yeah, we're. Our, on our to-do list this Christmas was to finish this self-assessment. I mean, we still haven't done it, but we will. We will finish it. It's and very then, hard. I think you do it in your own time and it's a process. Yes, I agree. Except that they kind of hurry you along. They keep checking in on us because, oh, yeah. because they're worried we've lost interest and then they don't want to waste their time and the social workers' time. Um, mm-hmm. Also, we aren't allowed to have fertility treatment whilst going through an adoption process yeah and there's still a big part of us that feels that we might give it one go oh you know that's been as it's interesting as I've healed as I feel more cancer free so to speak Mm -hmm. um suddenly I'm like well maybe we should just try once Mm. and that makes me want to pause on adoption maybe and I just it's just quite a lot of ifs and buts well it feels like we need to check in with you again in like six to eight months yes (laughs) I think you do (laughs) Um, Lizzie, thank you so much for sharing your yeah, story man. with us. That's I'm, I think it's going to really like help a lot of people who are listening to this who aren't sure about donor conception. Oh, I didn't get to know. There's another <laughs> there's another thing I have to mention. The donor Simon, uh-huh. he donated on average. He said three times a week for three years. Oh wow. He said the clinic called him a lot to do it because his sperm was so successful. And I, I don't even want to think about the math on that. What a great way to end the podcast. But seriously, I don't want to think about the math on that. Three times a week for three years. That sounds like um, most people's TTC journey. Yeah. <laughs> Horrendous. Oh, wow. And if he's got super sperm, you know, who knows? I like, yeah, I mean, let, and also maybe we should check in on me in like five years and see how many more siblings I've got. Yeah. It's the thing, it's going to grow and grow and grow. I hope you can yeah, have like yeah, some yeah. kind of massive party. Yeah, we have we have met and we keep trying to meet, but honestly, COVID yeah, it keeps ruining our plans, but I think we will. I really, I envisage 100 siblings and Simon meeting us all. Mm. in this mental mental island called sibling island (laughs) (laughs) did you ever when you were growing up wish that you had siblings as an only child yes this is oh yeah I didn't get to even say that this for me was all good I feel oh there's there's so much more I want to say oh my god this is the other there's been so many different emotions when it started the the journey with them nearly a year year and a half ago yeah yeah, a year and a half ago, I felt super excited. I've gained all these brothers and sisters. Yeah. And we had Zoom calls and I'm finding out all the things that we have in common and I really like them as people. And I, I'm like, oh, God, I've got all these brothers and sisters. The thing is, again, back to the, for comfort for anyone that's 
having a donor conceived children is you don't just a family's not just family because on a piece of paper it says it's a family just because you're related mm. and I didn't really understand that I felt like now I've got all these brothers and sisters what I've noticed is they don't really give me what I wanted because yeah they were on whatsapp mainly they've got young children mm-hmm. they've got other important people in their lives that they need to see I'm you know I'm down the bottom of a list mm-hmm. two siblings left that whatsapp group because I couldn't handle it they were like I just this isn't fulfilling so it's mm. just like a work whatsapp group that some right. people bother to respond to and some people don't and I and I really understood that yeah you know, my my advice to them was more it's a, it's a journey and you have to give it time and mm-hmm. if you stick with it you might form a bond that is meaningful in a few years but you're not going to get it in a few months yeah, yeah. of course but yeah they, just because you're related by genes doesn't mean you're related by experience I guess exactly mm-hmm. they've got very little shared ground and we're still building it and our, and our big story is still to talk about a donor and mm. the fact that we shared this weird story where you know, like my none of my family know, my parents know, but no one else knows. So it's mm-hmm. still a massive secret. If I want to post yeah. anything on social media about my siblings when I meet them, meet up with them, and I have posted, it's just a few, you know, I change it to close friends. Mm-hmm. I can't talk about one of my siblings had her 40th surprise party, which I was going to go to in the last minute I decided not to because I realized that her family would be there and her friends would be there. And like, who am I? How do I speak openly and honestly? How Who am I in that room? Mm. Again, feeling a little bit like a second-class citizen. Yeah. I'm not real yet. I, I'm. It's pretend. It's really odd. And this is stuff I haven't really worked through yet. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I'm starting to feel a bit like I want to leave the WhatsApp group. Some days, some days I'm like, this isn't yeah. right. And then other days, you know, we'll 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 arrange a Zoom call, and I'm like, this is really important to stick with. But I was really excited that I gained all these brothers and sisters. But the reality is I haven't gained all these brothers and sisters. I've, mm. I've gained some really interesting people in my life that have a shared story. A shared story that's really yeah. wild. But that's probably it for now. Um, it sounds yeah. like you've got quite a good perspective, though. You, even you're saying yourself it's a journey. I yeah. think you seem like you're in a good place with it to understand that, that that's the case, you know? Yeah. I guess if you've grown up with brothers and sisters, you've already got a load of memories with them. But these guys, you kind of need to start making memories with. And we haven't been able to do that because of a pandemic, you know. We've met fucking COVID. Fucking met. COVID ruins everything. It does. Yeah, we um, a lot of our plans are cancelled, and mm. yeah, it's really, really early days. Um, but yeah, well, very good luck on both the sibling journey and the adoption slash infertility journey. Indeed. Thank you. Thanks. Great stuff. Great stuff. Great. Great. Um, how do you feel after that? Good. Yeah? Yeah? How do you feel after it? I feel great. Um, yeah, next week we are talking termination for medical reasons, which is shortened to TFMR. It is um, just... Oh, it's a subject I've put off since really we first started doing the podcast. Yeah, I mean, we touched on it with um, Ali briefly. Yeah, we did. Um, but it's, it's, you know, it's one of those things. It's a, obviously such a huge and difficult decision and it's so loaded. And um, But yeah, it's obviously very important to talk about it. It is. And we did. And we found some, a very brilliant person to do that with. <laughs> we found the lovely Hayley. 
from Time to Talk TFMR, which is a podcast that if you are going through that, it's definitely worth listening to. Um, Yeah, but in the meantime, just like have a lovely week and we'll see you next week. Have a great week, guys. Let's just get through January now. Yeah, let us know what your New Year's resolutions are. Yeah, what are you resoluting? (laughs) Hopefully not as boring as mine. (laughs) Or mine, indeed. Mine's so fucking cliched. Anyway, guys, I'm going to get my running pants on now. (laughs) See you later. Bye. Bye. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.